0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cast a Dice, Warhammer Podcast. This is episode 12. I'm here with Wayne and Caramon again. Uh, We lost Dennis this week. He's currently engaged in some D&D debauchery, so uh, we miss him much, but I wish him luck in his endeavors. He should be back with us on the next show. This episode is a bit delayed. Uh, A lot of people have been going on vacation for the summer. I know I was one of them. Uh, There's been a lot of scheduling snafus between work and vacations and whatnot, but I'm glad to be back with everybody on here to talk about some Warhammer. I mean, while we've been away, not a whole lot's happened in the world of a Warhammer or 40k. I know the new General's Handbook came out recently for Age of Sigmar. That's actually going to be getting covered in a episode coming later this week from Rob and Dan, who are new additions. Rob's been on here for a a few episodes but Dan's brand new so they're gonna be taking over the Age of Sigmar side of things so they'll be talking about that in a couple days so look forward to that besides that in the world of 40k just in time uh, Chaos Knights went on pre-order this weekend that's pretty much what this episode is going to be about uh, they went on pre-order I pretty much have the whole codex in front of me so we could go through the codex talk about it a bit and we could talk about Chaos Knights and see how they're gonna impact the meta and whether or not we think they're gonna shake things up or really just what they're going to do for Chaos in general. So without further ado, Caramon, Wayne, how you guys feeling about Chaos Knights? They look cool. They do indeed look cool.
1: I am actually hyped despite my general dislike for Knights
0: on the Imperial side, so... So what's with the Imperial... I guess ra- I'm just biased. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what's with the Imperial racism? You're You're okay with Chaos Knights but not Imperial Knights.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just, I'm biased against Imperials, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, I didn't want to do Knights, though, and uh, it's just basically the Knight Rampager won me over by being badass in the artwork department. So.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to ignore. I mean, um, we're going to go through pretty much the whole book. Um, there's a lot of good things in it. I don't think they're quite on the level of Imperial Knights, but... I do think they're going to do a lot for Chaos lists. Uh, the biggest difference being Chaos Knights seem a lot more Melee centric compared to their Imperial counterparts and right now shooting is the best thing in 40k so being Melee centric doesn't do you many favors however they are really good at it so they're still going to have a place. Um, what that place is there's going to be a lot of testing. I know myself I went out and bought a Knight yesterday to make it to spoiler. I'm also planning on buying two armagers, because like the Imperial Knights, you don't get all the benefits if you just run them in a super heavy aux detachment, so a lot of people, you're going to start seeing a lot more super heavy detachments in Chaos lists with the advent of Knights. Um, To start, we'll obviously talk about the new models. Um, I'll start with this. Unfortunately, the Knight Tyrant, which is the Dominus equivalent, your Castellan, your Valiant. Uh, There's not going to be any new models for that. Um, That is going to be using the normal Imperial model, and it's the same exact loadout. It's called a Knight Tyrant, but you can only equip it as a Castellan, or you can equip it as a Valiant. So there's no mixing and matching weapons on the Knight Tyrant, like you could do with the Questorus equivalent. Um, So if you want your Castellan, if you want your Valiant, they fit into a Chaos List now. Um, They're much the same. Uh, They're they're roughly the same points as the, if not the exact same points as the Imperial Counterpart, it looks like. So there's literally no difference there. It's just one war scroll and you choose which loadout you want. So there's that. Um, Besides that, the other non-New Knight would be the Knight Despoiler. Now this is your Questorus equivalent. So your Gallant, your Errant, your Paladin, your Crusader, all those builds, that can go on the Despoiler. The interesting thing about the Despoiler is, unlike the Imperial version, you could double up on weapons. This was in the Chaos Index and it retained through the Codex, I know a lot of people were worried about that. So I'm glad to see that they kept that little nuance, it helps separate Chaos from Imperials. So you can have your double Battle Cannons, your double Avenger Gatling Cannons, all that jazz. Um, it's looking pretty good. Uh, the Despoiler can also take two melee weapons and still gets the two plus weapon skill and plus one attack like its Gallant counterpart. Uh, which is interesting when we talk about the Rampager, uh, which is another melee centric knight, but it's one of the new ones. But we'll get there in a little bit. Um, So that's the Questorus equivalent. And then we've got the War Dogs, which are the Armagers for Chaos. Again, no new model for the Armagers, unfortunately. Uh, Uses the Imperial kit. And just like the Valiant, it's one War Scroll, but you can equip it either as your Halvrans with the two autocannons, or as your warglaive with the the melta and chainsword so the interesting thing about that is you can take them in groups of up to three but you can mix and match so you don't have to have a full unit of warglaives you don't have to have a full unit of helverins you can have one chainsword one melta and one double auto cannon so that makes it a little bit different but still it's they are locked to those loadouts um i don't really like That they didn't get models, I understand why it might have been. Um, I would have liked to have had at least a upgrade sprue released to make them look like the new knights, the other new kits that are coming out. Um, Fortunately, they're going to stick out without some converting. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that?
2: I hate it. I I really think either the new kit needs to have. Enough bits and pieces to add to the other one, which, looking at the sprue, it doesn't look like it has, but it might, or something. But having it just look like a regular knight, and then you have, you know, your badass-looking Chaos Knight that has like the skulls and the spikes and everything. I I don't think it's gonna be a good idea. I think they they missed out on that.
0: Yeah, I I, I think a uh, an upgrade sprue would have fixed a lot of things. I mean there is one from Forge World. So I'm gonna be buying that one for my Questorus Knight because I'm planning on running two um auto cannon war dogs and a double rapid fire battle cannon Questorus equivalent, That's a despoiler. Probably just going to buy the Forge World upgrade sprue so he at least looks chaos y. Um, there's not much I really feel like doing for the Helverins, but they're a little smaller and I play Iron Warriors. So they're not really that mutated to begin with. So uh, I should be able to pass it off with a decent paid job. It, it's just a shame though, that there's no, especially for that the Armagers, I think a, an upgrade sprue would have been nice considering there's not a Forge World equivalent like there is for the stores I think the biggest one that's gonna stick out is the Valiant and the Castellan because they're they're pretty big cumbersome models. So you're gonna have to do a lot of converting to, to make them look good. I don't know, Caravan, how do you feel about it? You played Thousand Suns, so you're not really that Mutated either, really.
1: Yeah, it's mostly going to be paint job for the Armages, I'm afraid in my case. I yeah. Really wish there was a, at least make it, somewhat in line with the Rampager and the 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 the, spo- uh, the, the Yeah. Um, and also uh, somewhat complaints about the you retaining the Imperial leg form because I really think the Chaos one looks better. Yeah, for the the upgrade kits, so it's it's
0: uh, yeah, it's, it's bad, just bad. Yeah, now yeah. going on that, um, the big thing that's coming out along with this book is the two new knight kits, which are the Knight Rampager and the Knight Desecrator. So we could talk about them a little bit now. Um, there's not a whole lot to the rampager besides the fact that it's a gallant, it's a chainsword, fist, knight. It's got the cool chaos look. Um, the only real difference between it is, and there's a bit of uh, miscommunication on this, I believe there's some confusion on its exact point cost, but right now I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that it's 305 base plus the weapons. So that puts it at... 372 points with a heavy stubber um for a a, for the gallant at um yeah a gallant version of that is at 372 points the rampager is 385 87 points i think the rampager could take a heavy stubber yeah so it's 87 387 but it can't take carapace weapons so now essentially for the Rampager you're getting the same exact stats and the same exact loadout as a Knight Despoiler. You're paying 15 points more but that 15 points more gets you exploding sixes. Um, a lot of people were saying that the Knight Despoiler was going to be 305 with both weapons and in the Codex it actually says um, Knight Despoiler knight with Chainsword and Fist 305 points. However, it's in the section that says, war gear not included. Now, why they would put the war gear in the name and say that has caused a lot of confusion because some people think that it's, that the war gear is included in the name, so that means that's all the base cost, the 305, and then you're only paying for a carapace weapon and the heavy stubber. But then other people think, uh, no. So there's that might need to be fact. Um, I'm operating under the assumption that you're paying for everything because then that just puts the difference at 15 points and then it's just a matter of do you feel 15 points is worth exploding sixes the sixes on the rampager don't explode on the stomps that's the big thing that needs to be kept in mind it only works on the chainsword and the fist so uh, i mean stomps are still really good and they're still probably what's going to be used most so will those exploding sixes really be worth it i don't know um i think 15 points for it is a lot better than the 80 points that it was if the knight De-spoiler is only 305 points so hopefully that gets figured out soon but all in all the rampagers new kit it's it's got a sweet little new rule uh to separate it a little bit from the despoiler it looks awesome um it, it, i mean it does have a good melee loadout so it, it's really good at one job it can't take a carapace weapon but if you're going to keep it cheap like that you don't really need one you're just going to run them into into the enemy anyway so i don't know uh wh- care about i know you were saying you wanted a rampager that's what got you in into knights
1: yeah uh, i yeah it's the, the rampager for me um i think 15 points are worth it if you really build him for melee you can stack like the vow the, the dreadplate buffs probably uh the, there should be something for melee in there for them yeah so, I think those exploding sixes if applied right can make a difference yeah for 15 points of
0: worth. I think in, in, um, in a night list where you're paying for such big high point models uh, if you have the 15 points open you might as well just upgrade to the rampager because there's not gonna be a whole lot of other things you can buy that could fill points so yeah so uh, I, th- I mean
1: I, my current intended list would run me at 1,900 points for like 4 army and 2 knights,
0: so those 50 might as well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Wayne, how do you feel about it?
1: I
2: mean, it sounds, I cool, honestly,
0: how the other one looks, yeah. but,
2: I mean, visually, having it with 2 weapons and everything, like tearing stuff up, that's cool to me.
0: Yeah. I, I do think there's going to be a place for the melee knights, because there's a lot of cool buffs and stuff for melee knights that we're going to get to see as we kind of move through this book um, uh, They, like I said, they are the central focus of the Chaos Knight Codex so they'll definitely be better than their gallant counterparts over in the Imperial side of things so I, I think it'll take a, a little bit of testing but it'll be interesting to see how the melee knights stack up uh, the other new kit is actually the Knight Desecrator, now Wayne this is the one that you said you were interested in so what made you interested in the Desecrator?
2: um personally i just like visually having a big gun and a big weapon yeah it just looks better to me and the fact that it's got that uh what is it the laser destroyer it just looks badass like it's pose yeah it's just kind of like come at me bro and i'm gonna you know put you in the ground
0: yeah too bad the gun doesn't actually like do that in the in in the rules (laughs) um the Desecrator is a very uh, odd duck to me. I, I really don't like its loadout. It it's got the laser destroyer and a melee weapon, so already it's it's kind of schizophrenic. But now the laser destroyer stats are pretty interesting in that it's I mean the the overall stats on it are decent, but the I mean it's range 60, which is great, but it's heavy D3 shots. So, uh, the average is two shots. I mean, I always rolled ones whenever it's D3 shots. So, it'll be at like two shots if you're lucky. Um, strength 14, minus 4 AP, D6 damage. And when resolving an attack made with this weapon, a wound roll of 6 plus inflicts D3 mortal wounds on the target in addition to any other damage. So, on average, you're, you're hitting twice with two shots I mean you're gonna be hitting on threes so you might even miss one of those so one gets through god forbid they have an invuln so you might not even wound and then if you do manage to wound and say you even manage to wound with both shots it's only d6 damage so on average you're doing seven damage so the laser destructor and the fluff is like a titan killing weapon it's supposed to be the biggest anti-tank weapon in 40k and It just does not translate well Um, you you get those two wound rolls in and then you need a six to just do the d3 mortal wounds so you're only getting two shots at it and even if you get the shots at it you're only doing d3 so everything in this gun is random from the shots to the damage to the doing the mortal wounds to the mortal wounds themselves it's just way too all over the place it's not a gun that I can get behind Uh, the relic version of it because there is a relic version is slightly better in that it's flat three shots, but everything else. It's strength sixteen, which is nice. So it's wounding land raiders on a two, and it's AP minus five, I believe. But again, I mean that's going to be overkill on most things with an inbalm, and it's still only D six damage with the same six up inflicts D three mortal wounds. So, yeah, I mean, you're paying roughly four hundred and fifteen points for it. Um, it does buff armagers it, the war dogs it does the same thing the preceptor does it lets them reroll ones in the shoot phase so or just reroll ones actually i don't think it matters which phase it is but uh, i mean as a buff bot i guess it's okay i guess it depends on how much mileage you get out of your armagers and how heavy you go on armagers um but if it's just him and two are two war or Helverins or whatever war dogs um I just can't see him being good. I mean, I'd rather just take a, a Despoiler and two Hellburns and call it a day. But, I don't know. I'm disappointed in that gun. <laughs> That's, Is it it's... only that one that buffs them? The Rampager doesn't? No, the Rampager does not. He He's just a melee beat stick. Gotcha. I mean, that
2: brings up an interesting point that they, they have too many random stats on weapons. Like... Random shots, random damage, it it doesn't make sense. Something like this should have been D3 plus 3, something to at least give you average, above-average shots, so if you roll really great, it's, oh, wow, I rolled really great. Even yeah. D3 shots is fine, you know? Yeah. But if it's like, it being D6, it really, really sucks when it's like, oh, I rolled one shot, oh, I wounded, I rolled a one for damage, it's like, oh, you, sh- you just wasted your shot.
0: Yeah. Um, if if I was going to make that gun into 40k, I would make it flat 3 shots base and 6 damage flat base because the kind of gun it is and because it's only 3 shots, you're maybe only getting one through, but it's supposed to be a titan killing weapon, so it should do 6 damage. I mean, the melee weapons on these knights are doing flat 6 damage, so I feel like the laser destroyer should be doing flat 3 damage or flat 6 damage. Um, it, it, it only makes sense to me. Uh, there's plenty of guns that do a lot more ridiculous damage so uh, I just don't see the because there is a very good possibility that you will shoot you will shoot an intercessor with this gun and you might not even kill it. like if you if you get two shots through we'll, we'll say on average you get those two shots through there is a chance that you will only wound with one of those shots and then you will roll one for the damage. So, and you could fail to kill an Intercessor with the Laser Destroyer. Uh, I just, I don't think that should ever be a thing. I think a weapon like that should not ever just do one damage. It just doesn't make sense to me. But you don't pay anything for it. It is zero. It comes with the Desecrator, so you're only really paying for the Chainsword. So, I mean at 415 I guess it's gonna take some testing I don't know I don't see it being good but uh, I'd love if somebody proved me wrong Um, I think the only way to run it is gonna be with the relic um, because d3 shots just I can't get behind that so who who knows Um, that's pretty much all the units that are in the codex though Um, the the spoiler the tyrant the war dogs and then the rampage or desecrator the desecrators Base cost is 385 plus its war gear, so it'll be plus its uh, sword or gauntlet. So it's either gonna be 415 or 420, depending on which melee weapon you choose. The Knight Despoiler is based at 285, and it gets the whole gamut of weapons. Um, The Knight Despoiler with the Reaper chainsword and Thunderstrike gauntlet is based 305 plus its weapons. So like I said, that puts it at roughly, looks like 372 with a heavy stubber. Uh, the Rampager base, 320, and again, you have to add the Gauntlet and the Chainsword. So, again, you're looking at 385 for the Rampager, which isn't bad for what it does. Um, the Night Tyrant, 500 points base, and then you're still paying for the the big guns on it. So, your Thunder Coil Harpoon and all that stuff, the uh, Volcano Lance, anything you want to put on it. Uh, whichever variation you want to make it, you're still going to be paying for that. Um, the War Dogs are 160 with base, and then they add on their weapons. So the Reaper Chainsword, 30 points, Thunderstrike Gauntlet, 35 points, Avenger Gatling Cannon, 85 points, Cannon Laser Destructor, 0 points, Rapid Fire Battle Cannon, 90 points, Thermal Cannon, 55 points, War Dog Auto Cannon, 5 points, Heavy stubber, 2 points, Iron Storm Missile Pod, 16 points. Melting Gun, 14 points. Plasma Decimator, 40. Shield Breaker Missiles, 15. Storm Spear Rocket Pod, 45. Thermal Spear, 0. Conflagration Cannon, 0. Heavy Flamer, 14. Thunder Coil Harpoon, 0. Twin Icarus Auto Cannon, 20. Twin Melting Gun, 0. Twin Siege Breakers, 35. Volcano Land, 70. So across the board, the points are the same as the... Imperial variant, the only difference is some of the Chaos variants can double up on weapons that the Imperial ones can So That's all of the units aside. The next thing I'd like to talk about is the two households. Now there's only two in the Chaos Codex. It's been confirmed. There is only Iconoclast and the Infernals. The Infernals being the Dark Mech affiliated. The Iconoclast being kind of the parodies of the households. Um, They're both really good, so I don't think we suffer from only having two. Um, It's pretty interesting in that one of them I like a lot, and that's the Infernals one. Essentially, you you take a roll at the start of, I believe, your movement phase, and every Infernal in the Detachment can roll on this table. It's three choices, so you roll a d3, and depending on what you roll, or you can, you take, yeah, if you roll, you take a damage, and you get that buff associated with that roll. So there's three different things that you could do, one is plus one toughness, the other one is plus two to your move, and plus one to charge and advance rolls, and then the third one is plus one to the strength of one of your ranged weapons, as well as plus one damage to that ranged weapon so if you roll your dice you get one of those buffs you could instead choose to take d3 damage and then you get to choose the buff which is really cool that brings up a lot of interesting things because all of a sudden now you can make your avenger gatling cannon seven strength three damage now it's threatening pretty much every lighter vehicle in the game quite reasonably uh, your rapid-fire battle cannon becomes strike nine so now it's wounding knights and everything on threes uh, it's very interesting it also takes away some of the randomness from the rapid fire battle cannon in that it gives you d3 plus one damage so you're guaranteed at least two damage on the battle cannon which is pretty big so it's anywhere from two to four damage on the battle cannon thanks to that uh, little trait there and both of those weapons are ap minus two so you're more often than not not wasting your ap on invuln saves so it's It makes them both very very solid weapons and i think this separates the chaos knights from the imperial knights in that chaos knights if you're going infernals you might actually benefit more from mixing your weapons because then you could choose because the trait only works on one weapon at a time you could choose which weapon you want that buff on at any given time and then you could split your fire efficiently i don't know i like the infernal household i don't know do any of you guys see yourselves running the infernal household or you think in the other one
2: um I
0: probably do
2: iconoclast just because it feels better although I am kind of salty that they didn't give legitimate houses yeah like, oh. I was really really hoping they had something for like to legitimately do house divine because I would have done that the slaneshi uh night house
0: yeah I mean, I... C- uh, what was that, caravan?
1: I was just gonna say, I don't really like the mortal wounds on the Infernals, because you are gonna take most of the fire of the enemy anyway, so adding from yourself, it just... Eh, I I can pass up on that, I
0: uh, think. I'm running a hell right, so it doesn't really bother me, any. I'll just heal it. <laughs> yeah, it's just... eh.
1: I don't like taking Wounds if I don't name to, so I would probably prefer
0: a Conoplus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fair. Um, I just see so much benefit in making those Avenger gallon Cannons Strength 7, because I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but there's a relic out there that lets you ignore negative modifiers, so all of a sudden you're just tearing flyers out of the sky with Strength 7 damage 3 shots, uh, with 24 of them, um, and there's plenty of hit roll re-rolls and buffs in this codex so it's just absurd the amount of damage you can do with these weapons once you get them just plus one strength to them puts them in a whole different bracket of effectiveness so it really makes them efficient weapons so it'll be interesting um i can see why people might not want to take too much damage but it just seems like the offensive potential is there and if you have a list filled with enough threats it might actually be in your benefit. Um, I know me personally, like I said, I run Iron Warriors. Uh, My list actually has, as of right now, because I just made up a new list, it's got the Knight Despoiler with two Battle Cannons and two Auto Cannon War Dogs. But then the rest of my list is Iron Warriors and I've got two Lord Discordans, uh, two Mauler Fiends, a bunch of Cultists, two units of Chaos Marines and various other things, but I've got a lot of threats. So they're they're definitely gonna have some questions. I, I'm asking a lot of questions. And they're gonna have to answer all of them. So it'll be interesting to see. But I know you both mentioned the Iconoclast household. Um, this one is also really good. Uh, definitely good for melee knights. Uh, if a model with this ambition made a charge move, was charged or performed a heroic intervention, add one to the model's attacks characteristic until the end of the turn. And the armor penetration characteristic of the melee weapon the model is equipped with is improved by 1 until the end of the turn. For example, AP 0 becomes AP minus 1. In addition, when an enemy unit fails morale test while within 12 inches of any models with this ambition, one additional model flees that unit. So, already, I mean, really good for melee. You get one automatic extra attack, which is great. Um, The leadership thing, making models flee, is okay if it comes up, but that would just be... A cherry on top um, the big thing here is the armor penetration in my opinion because all of a sudden now your AP on your stomps is minus three which is pretty big I mean any three plus saves unless they have an inbound is becoming a six up save uh, you got one extra attack so that's three more stomps um, you put this on a melee knight, you're easily getting up to like six seven you're getting up to seven attacks easy um, between this and the warlord trait. So that's twenty one stomps on a, a warlord rampager. Unfortunately sixes don't explode on stomps or else that would be just absolutely nuts. Um, but that's a lot of strength eight AP minus three D three damage attacks coming through with just this Iconoclast household. So that'll be that'll be interesting. I know you both are looking at running Iconoclast and Caravan you said you're getting a rampager, so if uh Wayne if you end up going the same route and get melee knights man definitely look into this and in the warlord trait because that's a lot of that's a lot of attacks that's like just stomping through orc boys it's
2: it's definitely on my list i'm pretty much reevaluating my ideas of how i want to approach the game so <laughs> i'll have to see what direction that leads me yeah, yeah do some soul searching orc boys oh no
1: <laughs> yes Take the vow of carnage. Oh. <laughs> More stumps.
0: That was a very creepy laugh. I just—it was intended to be. I just need to point that out there. You're gonna scare the children. Good. Vow. Ah, we can no, talk about... No, seriously. A, since we're on the uh, iconoclast anyway, iconoclast do—they do get vows. Uh, they're stratagems that can be used before the battle. Uh, there's three of them, and I know you just mentioned the vow of carnage, so. I'll just read this one out right now, since so we're talking about it. Uh, use the strategy before the battle. Select one Iconic Class household model from your army to declare a vow of Carnage until the end of the battle. Keep a tally of enemy models destroyed as a result of attacks made by that model. Adding one to that model's attack characteristic for every 10 models destroyed. That model cannot be selected for the bow of Dominance or a bow of the Beast Slayer. You can only use this strategy once per battle. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, as, as soon as you start stomping through hordes, all of a sudden now you, you could easily get up to like 30 30 stomps, and that's going to kill pretty much anything in the game. So, I like that. Yeah, I can't imagine it being bad. I mean, there's nothing it's not good against. Any tanks, infantry, it really doesn't matter. Everything, Anything it touches is just going to die. So the, the good thing about that is if you take that, you can't take Vow Dominance, which is also really good. Um, the Vow Dominance is if you... resolving an attack made against a model. Any unmodified wound rolls of one, two, or three always fail. Um That one seems really good. It it does seem really good and there's something that I overlooked before that actually makes it even better. Um it says unmodified wound rolls of one, two or three, so that means even if you have plus one to wound rolls from like bets of the long war the three still fails.
1: Um, I also like that. Yeah so so one
0: one, two, three and fours will fail.
1: Um, also if you have like re-roll failed wound rolls and usually you would su- be successful on a three you wow. shouldn't get that re-rolled I think.
0: You don't because re-rolls before modifiers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so
1: that just
0: that's pretty gone. big because anything that buffs wound rolls is now that much worse because whereas you used to be oh, some things could have wounded you on twos or threes if you got a plus one to wound now they just don't. They automatically don't. So if if somebody puts a plus one to wound on something, it's not even wounding on threes anymore, even if it becomes a four, because it, it's just unmodified. So any one, twos, or threes are automatic, just no wounds. Uh, so that's actually really good. Um, even without that it's, extra caveat, um, your Strength 9 weapons are now no longer wounding you on threes. They have to wound you on fours. So your Laz Cannons, your stuff like that, your last Cannon Equivalents, they're, they're no longer able to wound you on threes. So that's... This is arguably one of the best stratagems in the game i would say um it also shuts down
1: smash captains because those want to get into melee with uh like what was it strength 12 weapons or something yeah so yeah good luck yeah wow. even better because you're a melee uh, monster yourself and you want to be up there with them anyways so yeah so come at me <laughs> it,
0: it's it's very very good because now Not only are you just saving half of them thanks to, I'm going to talk from the shooting perspective because this would not apply to melee, but for shooting, you're automatically saving half with your 4 plus invuln after rotating ion shields or your relic or whatever. So even the the half that gets through, only half of them could even have a chance of wounding you because they need to be able to roll a 4, 5, or 6. So that knight just became like 50% more durable with this, I guess 25% more durable with this uh, with this vow because 1s and 2s were very rarely ever going to wound a knight anyway but removing 3s or 3s plus 1 is pretty pretty significant so that's something to keep an eye on uh, the other one is the what is it, it's the vow of Beast slayer, I think. Vow yeah, vow of beast slayer. That's just you get to reroll ones to wound verse models with eight plus wounds. So, I mean, it's not exciting. Yeah. It's good, if if you're going up against somebody with a lot of stuff, like a lot of vehicles or monsters or stuff. But it's yeah. not nearly as impactful of the vow of dominance or even the vow of uh, carnage. So, while good, well, it's it's in a very it's a, it's a big fish in a very big pond. So, the good
1: thing is, uh, as it's a pre-game, uh, pre-game stratagem, you can just pick whatever you need for the fight, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it's not list-bound.
0: Yeah, but each model can only be selected for one Vow. So, if you want one on one and one on the other... Uh, the Vow Dominance, if you're running an Iconoclast household and you have a shooty guy and a melee guy, the melee guy gets Carnage, the shooty guy gets Dominance, and you should be good to go. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean... Can't really beat that you can kind of tailor your list pre-game against people so that's pretty cool um since we're already in the stratagems might as well just keep going with them um a lot of them are the same as the imperial equivalents i know you got the ion aegis 2cp uh lets you extend a five plus involve to things around you uh this is pretty good on something like a valiant or a castellan equivalent a, a knight tyrant Uh, Because it could give your, if you're running along Chaos Marines, it could give those cultists a 5-up invuln save, which is pretty cool. Um, Makes your cultists actually decently tanky. Um, I don't think it's going to see a whole lot of play, mostly because I don't think the Tyrant is going to see a whole lot of play. Um, I definitely think Chaos Knights are going to want to be faster, more mobile. Um, You're going to see a lot of the Questors and the War Dogs. Uh, I don't see a lot of the Tyrants getting played, but yeah. Um, it's also the final
1: nail in the coffin for the Noctilus Crown because, why bother?
0: Yeah. Now, even yeah. more than before. Yeah. Uh, Spiteful demise, two CP. You, you make your knight explode on a four plus instead of a six. Pretty straightforward. Um, Stomp one CP. Titanic Chaos Knight selects one enemy infantry or swarm within one inch. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So it's like a one CP kind of melee smite. Straightforward. Uh, Sky Reaper protocols, one CP, reroll missed to hit rolls in the shooting phase for War Dog with War Dog auto cannons. So this is pretty good. Um, being able to reroll all your hits with your War Dogs is nice. This this one CP stratagem also further makes the the, the desecrator redundant. I'd rather just, like I said, take the the spoiler and use this CP to have my um, War Dogs rerolling. So. That just another nail in the coffin for the desecrator, in my opinion. But, eh. but yeah, straightforward stratagem. Uh, we've got the rotate ion shields, so that's the same as the imperial equivalent—one, one or three CP depending on what you're using it on. Uh, plus one to your invulnerable save, still capped out at four up. Uh, corrupted heirlooms, which is the relic stratagem. Tyrannical court—you uh, can pay for extra knight characters and warlord traits. That will be good in large, super heavy detachments where you might want a Warlord with the plus one attack Warlord trait and maybe one with a slightly different one. Maybe like maybe you have a shooty one that you want to sit on a backfield objective. You could give him another Warlord trait. We'll get into those in a minute. Um, pack Dogs, this is also in the Imperial Codex. Um, for one CP, when a War Dog finishes a charge move, other War Dogs within 12 can reroll charges. Uh, chain Sweep, also imperial knight uh, roll a d6 for each model within 3 inches um, on a 6 unit suffers one mortal wound only uh, models with a chainsword can use it obviously uh, death grip is the same exact as an imperial knight um, with death grip I'm trying to remember exactly what it does I'm pretty sure you roll off on leadership and if the opponent fails they take d3 mortal wounds that's what I think it is. I know it's the same as the Imperial one so I'm just going to go with that. Uh, Demonic guidance system uh, this is another Imperial Light one that's got ported over 3cp you may target a character with a shield breaker missile even if they are not the closest target this will be good on your cast lens if you're running them 3cp uh, you could snipe out a character because I know Shield Breaker missiles cannot have invulns taken against them, so if you hit, that character is likely dead. So it's really good for nuking a a lower health character off the board turn one. Uh, full tilt, two CP, advanced charge, real straightforward. Devastating Reach, um, that is also the same as the Imperial Knight Codex Titanic Duel. One CP Titanic Chaos Knight is fighting another Titanic target. Both players secretly choose a number between one and three. If both players pick the same number, nothing happens. If they pick different numbers, they both get that many extra attacks, but may only target Titanic units. So that's kind of interesting. Um, it, both players are going to want to pick three. So who knows if it's ever actually going to go off? I would I would not be greedy and just pick one and then hope that I just get one extra attack because that's three more stomps but I, I don't know if that'll ever see play because of how weird it is but I mean it sounds interesting. I mean
1: you have to target Titanic so the yeah. stomps don't do much
0: it's monkey ah, against another knight it's, they will
1: it can be a nice might game but I, I'm not sure how well it will pay off.
0: Yeah uh... Trail of Destruction uh... 2cp that one's from the index actually that's just re-roll, hit rolls in the shooting phase I believe uh, fires, yeah. When he fires Overwatch, he's chosen to shoot or fight. Okay, so it's actually a little bit better than it was. It got buffed because now it can be used in the fight phase and Overwatch. So you're just re- re-rolling the hit rolls. So that's pretty good. Um, break the enemy line, two CP.
1: For Overwatch too. Yeah. If you have a double Gatling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're mm. delicious. You're rolling a lot. Uh, break the enemy line 2cp in the fight phase pick one enemy unit within one inch of an iconic class model that made a charge this turn that night may re-roll all hit rolls so 2cp um... Uh, if you charge with an iconic class you can re-roll all hit rolls so that's pretty good for 2cp um... we already talked about the vows uh, bind the sounds of the defeated 2cp so let me find this oh, that's there it is the yeah. healing one isn't it yeah that's the healing one um, for every that's model good. yeah I mean this is really good on that stompy McStomperson I talked about earlier uh, for every model you kill you roll a dice and on a four up you gain a wound I mean it caps out at six wounds but that's like with 21 stomps you kill 21 guardsmen uh, that's you're definitely getting the six wounds, so.
1: <laughs> that's another last cannon shot you don't have to uh, worry about, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's really good. I mean, that's gonna be really good on a Rampager. Um, Packed with the Dark Gods. Is another one. The
1: revive. That's the revival.
0: I believe so. For model, Infernal. Yeah. Though.
1: Only for Infernals.
0: Yeah. Infernal Household roll one d six at the end of the phase on a four plus to return the model with d three wounds, so. Could be interesting. Could be interesting on an Infernal um, an infernal guy with the heal stratagem, too, because then you could kind of, like, charge him in if he lives and then heal him back up again. So that, that, yeah. that could be really annoying. Um, demonic ammunition. I like this one a lot, especially because it's going to benefit my build. <laughs> you pay one CP and all your heavy stubbers become strength five. Uh, double battle cannon knight has three heavy stubbers, so that's a lot of strength five shots.
2: That's not bad.
0: No, so that's gonna be pretty cool. Um I'm looking forward to using that one. That's gonna be an auto use for me because I'm gonna have so many heavy stubbers. Um I'm probably gonna have heavy stubbers on my war glaves too, and it just says all heavy stubbers become strength five. It doesn't even say I have to pick a unit, I don't think, so it might be everything in the detachment that has a heavy stubber. I'd have to I'd have to look. Um,
1: That would be kind of nuts.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're they're AP nothing, damage one, but making them strength five, pretty good. Uh, And that
1: that makes them perfect uh, Primaris killers anyway, so. Yeah. Or Marine killers in general.
0: They're they're better at killing uh, Primaris intercessors than the Desecrator's laser destroyer, so. Diabolic Rift, 2 CP, enemy psychers suffer perils on any roll, not just a double one or double six, when within 12 inches. So this is actually really funny. If you manage to get a knight into the lines of like a Grey Knight player or a Thousand Suns player, they are going to have a hell of a time trying to cast spells. Because it's literally any roll just makes some perils. Whether it whether it's passes, whether it fails, whether it's doubles, whether it's not, just any roll is a perils. So... <laughs> Uh, you, that you, is gonna fuck Eldar
1: really, really hard.
0: Yeah, it's gonna fuck Eldar. It's gonna fuck uh, Grey Knights. It's gonna fuck Thousand Suns. Um, Probably
1: uh, the, the Imperial Guard that very much love their Primaris psychers.
0: Yeah, but they don't use enough of them to to really like. I mean, Eldar, Thousand Suns, and Grey Knights are definitely the big, the biggies. Um, So that is the stratagems. We went over all of those. The artifacts. Now, we don't have as many artifacts as Imperials do, but that's because we don't have households like they do, so we don't have all the household-specific ones. Um, So we'll just go right down the list here. The Tyrant Banner. Uh, Chaos Units add one to their leadership at the start of your turn. On a roll of a 5+, you gain 1 CP. So this is good if... You like again if you have a lot of cultists around you, um, it does help you CP farm, which is good for knights. And the other thing is it adds leadership to your knight itself, which is important if you're a dreadblade, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, it's an okay artifact. Um, the teeth that hunger replaces a Chainsword, sword. It becomes strength plus eight, so you're looking at a strength 16 chain sword now. AP minus four, damage six. Uh, plus one attack and at the end of the battle round where you don't kill any models this model suffers one mortal wound So as long as you keep killing you don't take damage, but if you have an idle round, you do take a wound um, It it does give you yet another attack. So if you take it on a rampager, that's yet another attack um, I think it has to be with the chainsword sword though um, It's gonna be wounding everything up to t- toughness eight on twos, which is good uh, flat 6 damage, AP minus 4. It's a pretty good weapon. I mean, once you get into to range, it's it's definitely going to carve stuff up. And it's not going to be hard for the Rampager to get into melee first turn with all the, the movement buffs you have. Um, I know between the Infernal, Demon Surge... The Run and charge. The, the, Yeah, the Run and Charge, and the Warlord trait that gives you uh, plus 1 to your Charge and Advance rolls, and... Uh, always fight first. I mean, it'll be pretty good. Um,
1: that sword is going to be a very decent night killer. Yeah. I like it.
0: The next one is the Rune of Noctegra, Dreadblade only. It's a 5++ plus plus for ranged and melee. Uh, and the model gains an additional pact. So uh, that'll be good for um, Dreadblades too. Because uh, oh. normally knights, their invuln doesn't extend to melee. This one. Extends it to melee, so that's pretty good um, The Putrid Carapace of Nurgle This one's pretty interesting If you have a Nurgle Knight, each time this model makes a successful save in melee On a 4+, plus, the unit that inflicted the wound suffers one mortal wound Now this is really the only way that you're Kind of marking, I guess, your knights Because they don't actually take marks um, Like, it doesn't say, hey, uh, Nurgle Knights only on this it Any knight can take it But, I guess, as far as your head cannon goes. If you're knight's nargle, you can take it. Uh, bound Yarradean Psychogeist. When shooting an unmodified roll of a 6, the AP of the attack is approved by 1, so it's like bootleg shuriken cannons. Um, so, pretty good if you have a shooty knight. Uh, really good on Avenger Gatling cannons, I guess, but I think there's better uh, artifacts out there for them, but still a I decent mean, if pick. You have
1: a lot of Three plus saves on the enemy side, like you're fighting
0: marines. and yeah.
1: I think that's that's decent. I mean, for you, just wiping.
0: I, I, I mean, the Avenger Gatling Cannon's already AP minus two, so they're only saving on fives. I don't know if it really, if pushing that to sixes really helps enough for me to want to give up the other relics. But I mean,
1: you're you're halving the uh, the surviving members with that, so.
0: Yeah. Um. Traders mark enemies within 12 inches are minus one leadership minus two leadership when they are within six uh i'm not a fan of leadership stuff because there's so many ways to mitigate leadership in this game which which i think it is bad does, but it does stack
1: with the iconoclast uh household trait, so yeah slight yeah. slight moral bomb
0: now this one i think is going to be good for your melee knights uh the Quicksilver throat throne of slanesh plus one to advance or charge rolls always fights first uh, obviously, really good. Uh, you're you're with coupled with advance and charge, and coupled with demon surge, uh, you're looking at plus three to advance and charge rolls, plus two movement, and you're always fighting first. So that's a really really fast knight. That's pretty mm. much that's what's going to make first turn charges possible. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's it's slightly redundant because you want to get the charge anyway but uh, it's nice enough the first, uh, well, first
0: uh, yeah, yeah once you get stuck in i mean and you never know well, you could I mean, you could charge somebody with the same ability and they offset each other fair. and then at least you yeah. you still get the fight first um gauntlet of ascension this is your thunderstrike gauntlet relic uh strength times 2 AP minus 4 damage 6 each time a character is slain by this weapon the bearer gains plus one attack a plus one strength so this is pretty cool um the big thing about this though is there's no minus one to hit on it um the normal gauntlet has a minus one to hit modifier so pretty good no no modifier plus one attack plus one strength all good um other relics would be
1: the pyrothrone
0: of team Yeah the pyrothrone of inch, which makes your <laughs> makes your knight a psyker. All he knows is smite, but I mean, pretty good. Um it all it, I love it. I just if he perils and then dies, he automatically explodes. <laughs> so there's that. Um the Diamonas, uh this is the relic laser destructor, so there's the the only difference is it's heavy three, flat three shots, strength sixteen, no other difference there. Um, The Veil of Medrin Guard was talked about on the Warhammer community site. That's your four plus invuln save relic. Um, Blasphemous Engine is for the Infernal Household. This doubles your wounds as far as determining your stats. So on your stat table doubles your wounds so to determine if you're bracketed or not. Uh, These last two are actually my favorites. Um, Helm of Warp Sight is likely the one I'm going to be using. And this one just removes negative modifiers so you ignore all hit roll modifiers. Um, so this is going to be really great with a shooting knight who needs to take flyers out of the sky. Uh, your four to hit a flyers all of a sudden are just getting torn out of the sky by twin Avenger Gatling cannons. Uh, can't wait to see that. It's going to make me very happy inside. So
1: um, small tidbit of information. Uh, anything that uh, changes your weapon or ballistic skill will circumvent that anyway so like the I think the Eveler assassin was it the Eveler or was it the Vin? no the what because the assassin sets your uh, weapon skill to six plus oh I yeah don't. yeah 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 that, that guy will circumvent it anyway. yeah
0: the one what? in melee the the ever I think
1: well every uh if you shoot him it's your, it's your uh your ballistic skill yeah so uh,
0: he, uh, you,
1: he will always be hit on a six anyway
0: is that the calabus I think that's the Calidus. Could it, yeah, I
1: don't know one of the assassins. I'm not,
0: I'm not. I'm not going to use it against him to be honest. I have different weapons for him. I'd I'd likely just hit him with a flamer. I would love to take a conflagration cannon to his face and just, or whatever the the flamer is. I think it's a conflagration cannon. Um, so that's how I'll deal with him. But as far as flyers go, yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, Great. this this one is my other favorite for melee knights and I think this is really really freaking strong against things like say Gilliman if you happen to get a charge off on him uh, once per battle at the start of a fight phase a model with this relic can activate it when it does until the end of that phase invuln saves cannot be made against attacks made with melee weapons by that model and invulnerable saves cannot be made for for this model so Fortnite. Yeah, so you, you charge in with Gilliman and hit him with a couple chainswords in the face, he's going to die. So that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of that relic. Anything that strips invulns is, is good in my book because I think invulns are stupid. And I don't think they have a place in the game. But that's a, that's a debate for another time. So those are all the relics. The warlord traits are slightly underwhelming in my opinion. Um, the best one... I think is just Knight Diabolus which is plus one attack so you're going to be putting that on your melee attack your melee knights um there's one called Infernal Quest which gives your knight objective secured and he counts as ten models um Warp Haunted Hull lets you deny a psychic power it doesn't make you a psyker but it lets you deny a, a psychic power and it gives you a field no, a five up feel no pain against psychic based mortal wounds um eager for the kill plus one charge and plus one attack while in the opponent's deployment zone that one i could see being played on like a a hyper aggressive rampager that's your warlord you give him you give him that you give him the slanesh uh throne and you give him make him infernal give him demon surge he runs into their deployment zone and just starts destroying stuff so that'd be good for him so that's situationally good uh aura of terror is again a leadership thing enemies within 12 inches or minus one to their charge rolls morale for enemy units within 12 is taken on 2d6 instead of one discarding the lowest i guess this is okay if you're worried about smash captains and you want them to have to really make a 10 inch charge i mean yeah um harbinger of the scrap code is the final one each enemy vehicle within six inches of the warlord suffers a mortal wound on a 4 plus at the end of your movement phase how often you're going to be within six inches of vehicles at the end of your movement phase Eh, is debatable. I I think this this Warlord trait would have been better if it was at the end of your charge phase, but yeah, like I said, the Warlord traits are kind of underwhelming. But plus one attack is always pretty good, and and uh, eager for the kill is really good on a hyper aggressive knight. So that's those. Um, as far as that's concerned, the only other thing to really talk about is uh, Dreadblades. So Dreadblades are interesting. They're the they are the, what are they called on the Imperial side? Free Blades? Free, free blades. Free blade. free blades. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, they can be Infernal or Iconoclast, they still get that bonus, and then they get extra bonuses on top of it, which I don't personally understand, but uh, I mean, I guess they think that because it. you have to take a negative that... But a lot of these negatives are easily circumvented, so I don't know. I, I If you're not running a Dreadblade, if you're only running a single Knight and you're not running a Dreadblade, um, I don't know what to tell you, because there's kind of no reason not to run Dreadblades.
1: It may be uh, to offset the, the lack of uh, Households, because we only get two and the Imperials get twelve or something. Maybe. the three Blades, then we get the Dreadblade on, on top. But
0: then I don't see the point to running it just as Iconoclast or just as infernal though so i mean maybe maybe every maybe all imperial knights are considered dreadblades for chaos and they're all either iconoclast or infernal and then you're kind of making your own house i don't know but without any real reason to take just the other two you might as well just take dreadblade because you get extra stuff now with packs um one Dreadblade per detachment may roll for two packs, or pick one. Uh, they must then choose two damnations or roll for one. Leadership test at the start of your turn, if, if failed, you suffer the damnation. So the damnations don't even always go off, you have to take a leadership test. Now I don't know exactly what the leadership test entails, because I don't have that in front of me. Um, uh,
1: it's 2d6 and uh, it must beat your leadership. So okay, it's, so uh, it's... 7d1. Uh,
0: okay easy so yeah 2d6 and most knights their leadership is what like nine yeah so that's gonna be rare because average on 2d6 is seven so you you, most of the time you're not even gonna have your damnation you're only gonna have your packs and the packs are really good I'm just gonna go straight down the list Um, reroll hit rolls against characters or Titans Um, it's one roll 1d6 for each enemy unit within one inch of this knight when it charges for each 4 plus unit suffers d3 mortal wounds pretty good Uh, roll a d6 at the start of the game Uh, one to three is plus two move four and five is improved weapon skill by one and a six improves ballistic skill by one this could be silly if you roll a six on something like a a crusader equivalent have him with a ballistic skill of two that'd be just nuts Um, plus one leadership at the start of the first battle round and if on the table you gain one command point so this is actually really good because this further mitigates the damnations and you get a command point So I think that one's always going to be taken um, I'm probably always going to roll for him though because all of them are pretty good And then I get two and I'm going to hope for that one being one of them Because it do, it does mitigate the damnations even more um, Take the Dreadblade
1: Relic and, take that and roll for
0: three Yeah, that's true relics are so good though it's hard to like decide what relics to run because there's so many good ones i know any attacks with an ap of minus one count as ap zero against this knight so that's really good um makes you a little more survivable against ap minus one weapons it's a little situational because not every weapon shooting at you is going to be ap minus one but you never know could come in handy um and because it's just extra bonuses on top i mean it doesn't really even matter if you get it it's just gravy um this one's really good. Can perform a heroic intervention, but the range is increased to 6 inches. So, 6-inch heroic interventions are really good. Considering most things can only fall back 6 inches, that means... And you can't advance out of melee. That means as soon as their charge phase comes, you can heroically intervene into the thing that just tried to fall back from you. So, could be pretty good if you if you run into like a bunch of in- infantry. So, pretty good. Uh, the Damnations... Uh, knight may not benefit from any stratagems. That could be devastating <laughs> if it goes off, but I mean, there's plenty to mitigate it. Um, knight may not fall back, and ballistic skill is reduced to six plus. That That's one would be on a melee knight. So like, yeah, have
1: your rampage dread and whatever.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're running a melee knight, just pick just pick this one. Pick one. Pick the um. What would it be? probably i'd probably just pick the the mortal wounds one for my pact and then i would just pick that one for my damnation and just call it a day um, um, you have to pick
1: two though if you don't roll for the damnations
0: oh so if i if i pick two i have to pick two damnations
1: it's it's either roll twice or uh, pick one for the, the buffs and it's uh take two or roll once for the,
0: the debuffs. Okay, so yeah, that, that's still easy. You take that one as one of your damnations, and but the Knight must shoot or charge the nearest enemy unit. I mean, you're gonna be charging what's closest to you anyway most of the time. So that totally, one, yeah. yeah you th-
1: can still move, so it's the closest anyways. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, so you just choose those two and it's negligible, um, super easy. Um, yeah, roll a d6 at the end of any phase, The knight loses a wound. On a 4+, it loses an additional wound. Even that one's not that bad. I mean, if you take a couple wounds, you have a 50-50 chance of just taking one more. I mean, in the overall scheme of things, if it's one more wound. That's probably the one that I would probably choose. Um, I'd probably... What
1: be the one that kills you.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it goes. Um, yeah, on my Dark, knight... Gods. On my knight, because it's shooty, I would probably choose that one, and I would choose always fights last, even if it charged, because I'm never very rarely going to be charging. So that'll be that'll be good. And then yeah, knight always fights last even if charged, and knight must shoot or charge near enemy unit, and then minus one from advance charge and to hit rolls. That one's really bad, so I don't see anybody ever taking that one. <laughs> So not
1: voluntarily, admitted. yeah.
0: So that one, that one could actually hurt you a lot. So hopefully that one never goes off on anybody. Uh, there's always a chance you could get it though, um, based off of if you decide to roll or not. So, um, yeah, that's everything. That's the Dreadblade. So the Knight Codex isn't that long. Obviously, it's not big. It doesn't have near as much as the Imperial Light Codex even, and even that's a smaller Codex. So. I mean, everything in it looks good. It's definitely more melee-centric. Um, there's a lot of buffs to what your knights can do, but they definitely have to get in closer, and they're not nearly as survivable as the Imperial Knights because the big thing here is your artifact isn't... There's so many good artifacts that it's hard to take the 4-plus invul relic because you want to take so many other relics, whereas with the Imperial version, it was a Warlord trait. It was much easier to make that decision. So it's gonna be interesting, because more often than not, Chaos Knights are gonna be rocking on a five plus invul, uh, unlike their um, Imperial counterparts. So that's the interesting thing. The other thing that is pretty noticeable is the lack of a stratagem for fighting at full bracket, if damaged. Um, there is a relic that lets you fight as if your wounds were doubled, but once you get down to like single digit wounds, that's not gonna do a whole lot. So, I don't really, I don't really know how exactly they're gonna go, but I do like what I'm seeing. Um, I do think the damage potential is higher, but I do think they're definitely gonna be easier to kill. So, there is a trade-off there. I think it, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Um, I wanna. Add something because yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but summoning demons is for chaos characters.
0: Yes. Right? So as of right now, knights can summon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was like I'm. I figured it out and I was like really, really loud laughing, and my mom was like, "What the fuck is going on, kid?" Yeah. <laughs> because it's just hilarious. You can just put down like the double Avenger dude, just buff his defense as high as you can drop down like 10 plague bearers and just shoot all game.
0: Yeah, not even 10. You could probably easily summon 20. I mean you get 3d6 yeah, to true. summon very easy to get 20 plague bearers out there so you're a knight that can generate his own screen. <laughs> Which, Which is
1: yeah. hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. I don't know, Wayne, how are you feeling about it?
2: I mean, It, it definitely sounds like they have some tricks. I, I agree with you that they don't seem to have as many options as the Imperial ones, but Chaos tends to be used to that. But they do <laughs> seem pretty strong.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to upend the meta like Imperial Knights did when they first came out. Um, unfortunately, they received all the same nerfs that Imperial Knights received as far as points costs go and in their invuln saves and whatnot. So, they're definitely along the same lines, and like I said earlier, uh, being melee-centric puts them at a disadvantage in 40k currently. So, I mean... There, there's a lot to Use and a lot to test here and I do think like you said there's a lot of really good tricks And I do think we're gonna see a lot of these at uh, top-end tables at large events um, I do think Chaos Knights are gonna shake the meta up a little bit, and I think they're gonna add a lot to chaos But I don't think they're gonna have the same impact on the meta as Imperial Knights did um, mostly because they've already been kind of wrangled in so I uh, do I think they're going to show up in every Chaos list going forward? Probably. I, I do think they're going to have a place in most competitive Chaos lists, um, but is it going to be what puts Chaos on top of Imperium or even Inari or Eldar soup at top tables? I don't know. I think it's kind of like, because Chaos is always pretty competitive with the other top end lists. You know, when it soups up. I think it's a equally effective tool but I don't think it's gonna make us better per se I just think it's gonna make us more versatile it's gonna give us more list choices but we're still gonna be about the same we're still gonna have bad matchups we're still gonna have uh, kind of the same thing is going on so so that should be pretty good but yeah, that's pretty much everything out of the Night Codex. Um, it went on pre-order this weekend, so if you're interested in buying the Night Codex and the two new Night Kits, make sure you go down to Games Workshop or your friendly local game store and put a pre-order in for them. Um, I do definitely think they're worth having. So if you were holding off on buying Nights, I think now is a good time to jump in. Um, I don't know any final final thoughts from you two.
1: Um, I think they're gonna be hit or miss depending on the enemies list yeah um, and but you can probably mitigate a lot of it because the most versatility they get is out of their stratagems mm-hmm. so unless you pick the completely wrong household for it you should be fine
0: yeah yeah that's,
1: that's my guess
0: for yeah it. their stratagems are very strong a lot of their stratagems are actually just kind of tweaked Imperial knight warlord traits and artifacts that they made into stratagems for chaos so i mean that's kind of where we get a little bit of their like what the imperial knights get but it's just unfortunate because we're imperial knights or like imperial Knights got certain things for free as warlord traits or artifacts we're paying for them as stratagems and then for things that were warlord traits for imperial knights we're using as artifacts and our artifacts are very very um, top-heavy, so it's there's a lot of good ones in there, so it's really hard to kind of, to make choices. You're giving up a lot. No matter what artifact you take, you're giving up some significant aspect of the Chaos Knight, so it's interesting. I don't know, Wayne, final thoughts? I mean, I'm probably, realistically, I'm
2: probably not going to buy one, just because it would deal with wife aggro, but I think they are pretty cool, and I
0: really like how the the rampager looks i, I think she should just buy one because i mean the worst thing that could happen is a divorce and i mean in the I'd overall one of those. yeah in the overall scheme I mean, of things she would take half his army so um no he, he would give her the house take the house i'll buy it
2: for her i'll be like hey honey you're playing uh, you are playing chaos knights now
0: yeah yeah, yeah that, that's what i that's what i do i mean my brother just picked up tyranids so i get it um much to my per- persistent Persuasion, so yeah, he didn't leave me alone. <laughs> Oh Man, I don't know if you heard him in the background, but he said I didn't leave him alone. He happens to be here So my, my, my brother everybody did to, to the, the internet out there. He's he's here in the studio as we finish this up so Likely waiting on me to help him with college stuff. So that's where I'm good going after this. So that'll be interesting anyway This has been episode 12 of Cast the Dice and Warhammer podcast. Uh, Chaos knights They're looking good. Go out and pre-order them. I know I'm going to have fun with them. Uh, I'm sure they'll be a good time. Charge them into some Orc boys. Stompy, stomp. Good times. Again, I'm Joe, along with Wayne and Caravan. Everybody have a good weekend, a good week. Uh, We'll see you again on the next episode. Keep gaming. Have a good one.